Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to your day off, the podcast that shares, loves, and inspires the hair industry. Wow, what a great interview with Jackie Davis. For those that don't know Jackie Davis, Miss Jackie Davis, she um she is a hairdresser on Project Runway and um, other shows. Um, she's a salon owner and she also works in television. She just had some really, really fun and great stories about working on Project Runway and just about being a hairdresser and you know, like we do with most of our podcasts, she, uh, we got a little bit into her origin story, where she came from, and how she came up. So, um, I mean, the best person to tell you is Jackie, right? Yep. Okay. So, without any further ado, Jackie Davis. I want to thank Jackie Davis for joining us on your day off. Jack, thank you very, very much for coming on, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Of course, of course. Well, first, I want to say congratulations. Oh, I thanks. think this is, I think it's awesome that you guys are doing this, and I'm super excited for you and Tony. Um, and I was just wondering yeah, yeah. how you, what, what got you guys here? How did you guys um, think about doing this, starting the podcast? Uh, great question. Uh, a couple of months ago, actually, uh, uh, maybe a little longer, Corey came up to me and uh, he said, hey, hey, Tony, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast about our industry. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he hasn't stopped thinking about it since. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I texted him at 3 in the morning. I literally texted him at 3 this morning. Yeah. About the podcast. <laughs> what are you doing wow. up at 3 o'clock in the morning, though? <laughs> he is Why obsessed. This... Yeah, totally. Oh, my am. God. Um, Why does this not surprise me? Yeah, you know. Well, welcome to my brain. All right. Be, be glad you're not married to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, so, first off, I don't know how if you know this, Jack, but, you know, Tony and I grew up together. So yeah, I do know that. We actually went to high school together. We went to hair school together. And, um, you know, we work together as well. Yeah. <laughs> together we make one hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a colorist and Tony's a hair cutter. So, you know, together we make one whole hairdresser. And one whole podcast, too. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I just think. what? How does that work out in your marriages? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they're married now, too. Their wives. <laughs> Yeah, they get along, thank God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sort of the kids, so that works out well for us as well. That's we're just awesome. Never, we're just never apart anymore. Wow. So, I mean, I think with that gratitude, I just, I honestly, honestly think that the industry has uh, saved our, um, had pretty much saved our lives. I mean, not to be over dramatic or anything, but we had no vision or no, no place that we were going. We just, um, we just found hair, and, and hair found us. You know. And um, it, it's totally changed our lives. 
I think we've talked before, you know, it's so great when you watch this industry. Well, to slow down, it's so great when you watch young people come up in this industry and then buy their first car. It's so great in this industry to watch people come up and after the first car, then they get to buy their house. I mean, that's because of hair, right? That's because of this this industry, this great industry. Um, And it it happens from working behind the chair. When we were talking about the the, the podcast, we were like, well, what's it going to mean? And we just wanted to kind of bring people together that have either inspired us or that have helped us along the way. And, you know, some that still inspire and help us. I don't know if that makes sense. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it totally does. That's amazing. Yeah, so we came out with the name Your Day Off to represent the what it used to be the traditional day off for the hairdresser that Monday. So we decided right. to uh, name the podcast your day off and launch it on Monday. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's the day that we, uh, we get information. It's the day that we share information. So we just thought it was a, a pretty cool name to, um, to move forward with. I love it. I love this. It's such a great idea and concept. And I think it's much needed oh. in our industry. Do you guys like how I did that? I just pirated your podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, you guys thought you. you were interviewing me, but look what happened. I know. Look at that. Now we're on the couch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that, on that note. <laughs> so, Jack, tell us a little bit about where, like, you know, how you got into the industry, where you're from, and all that grooviness. Well, um, where I'm from, I was uh, made in Mexico and I was born in the United States, California. Made in Mexico? Yeah, made in Mexico. Holy cow. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've always teetered between uh, two countries. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's where I'm from. And what was, I'm sorry, what was the... Just what got you interested in doing hair? How'd you you know that, that this was your path? Well, you know, I didn't know early on, though. I always loved hair. Um, My whole life, um, when I was a young child, was all about dance and theater. That was, like, my focus. That's what I wanted to do. Uh Um, But I loved all things beauty. And um, one of my favorite things to do in the morning was to watch my mom get ready. And that was in days when, you know, women were like teasing their hair and doing all this (laughs) stuff. And I just loved it. Um, That was the once a week hairstyle? That was, well, my mom had six kids. Yeah. So it was, it was one, I don't know how she found time to always look glamorous. And she touched it up every, every morning. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it was probably once a week that she put the base in. Went to, um, went to the beauty salon? No. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. We <laughs> we did not. We, I mean, we did not. We had, uh, like I said, I was one of six kids. Yeah. And um, my dad was working and my mom was a stay-at-home. Um, and we did not have, you know, money for anything extra. Certainly not for the hair salon. So my mom was like a do-and-go. She did it all herself. Wow. Um, what six kids yeah. too? That's that's Yeah, and she always super looked mom. great. Yeah, totally. She really was. And it was funny because my mom would be, you know, working all day, cleaning, cooking, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with the kids. And then at about, you know, five o'clock we all had to take um baths and get dressed and comb our hair and my mom would get dressed to so that when my dad came you know, we all look like nothing had ever happened. We looked perfect. <laughs> she hacked the system. So, 
Yeah. No, but it worked against her because then my dad thought that, you know, she had it totally easy. <laughs> yeah, so what, you know. So what she do, uh, I guess you guys as well, like she would do her hair, made herself up and then spend time yeah. and, and do you we, guys up? Well, you know, when you come from a big family, you start working really young, right? So everybody had to, we had to give ourselves baths and help with the little ones and do all that. But yeah. Then she'd make sure that we were all combed and we were usually like in our pajamas maybe or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we were clean and combed and we had to sit on the couch until my dad walked in the door because she was afraid we'd mess ourselves up. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like Sunday morning at church. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. Hey, Jack, where where do you fall in the six? I'm second of six, but the first four of us are 11 months and a year apart. So Wow. Yeah, so my I have a sister who's 11 months older than me, and um, the first four of us are, so. and I have a brother who's a year younger than me, and another brother who's a year younger than him, so by the time I was two years old, there were four of us. I have oh no earlier recollections, like, I don't have any recollection of my brothers not being there. So that's where the uh, the real superwoman came from, <laughs> the story came from your mom. What was that, four times, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Four Holy toddlers, cow. four teens, you know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about the teen later. years. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So did uh, you get interested in doing hair by doing your siblings' hair? Is that how? Um, I, I always loved hair and beauty, and, I and yeah, I was, I was good at it. Well, at least I thought so when I was younger. <laughs> right. The way I got interested in hair as a career, though, was... I was dancing and um, sometimes we would do these big shows and some of the girls, you know, we had like makeup artists and we had, uh, you know, somebody hair. But um, if the girls had taken a theatrical makeup class and they were approved by the lead makeup artist, uh-huh. sometimes they were allowed to do their own makeup. And so rather than waiting for somebody to do my makeup, I thought, hey, that would be cool. Some of my friends did it. And so I enrolled into a theatrical makeup class. And I really, really liked it. And I loved my my teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, she had me start um, doing some gigs with her. And she was the first one to suggest that I enroll in hair school just so that I could be more well-rounded. At the time in California, my thought was to get into film you know doing movies sure and so she thought that you know the more i had under the belt my belt if i was working with a smaller production company and i was versatile in both hair and makeup that that would help me so i I enrolled in hair school and i fell in love with hair and i realized that there was i know right (laughs) and i i realized that there was a whole other world out there um in hair yeah, hair shows and just so many different facets. And that's when I first became interested in that career path. So, I mean, would it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, yeah. when when you first got on the floor, like, what was success like? What did, what did success look like um, for you? When I first got on the floor, I went in and I remember um, from the very beginning uh, when I enrolled in beauty school, my whole thing was um, doing the hair shows. And, um, you know, I wanted to get kind of on in that path. 
Um, what I discovered... Never saw a spotlight you didn't like, huh? That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I guess um, success to me early on was A, not cutting my fingers or my client's ears off probably, <laughs> but <laughs> not turning my, my client's hair green, although now it probably would be okay. Yeah, now it's okay. Um, yeah. But um, on a broader sort of spectrum, it was to um, be able to go out and do these, you know, these shows and, you know, film, theater, that kind of thing. So that was your path. So, like. so you didn't think your path was going to be behind the chair necessarily, but, you know, into bigger things? Except for uh-huh. I discovered that my chair in the salon was like the small stage. And when you have a client sitting in your chair, uh-huh. it's a sh- it's a show, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so That's I so guess true. you could say that. Yeah. So you're putting on a show and and you're kind of the director, the producer, the writer, you know, yeah. Um it's, it's a bit of an improv act there, but, um, so then I just got really greedy and I wanted to do it all. <laughs> so <laughs> success early, you know, even though it was not cutting your fingers and, and cutting your, someone's ear, uh, and mm-hmm. wanted to do the shows. So how has it evolved or has it evolved? Um, it, it, has everything evolves um but you know it's one of those things that sometimes you you find yourself coming full circle um and at different points in my life because i had my kids really young um there were things that i could do you know early on that i and things that i couldn't do that were harder for me to do having a family um like, like what would that be well, you know, some some of the shows, like uh, some of the TV stuff that I do now, not on, uh-huh. not on a local level, but um, on the national level, mm-hmm. um, it is it, it takes a lot of time, and no so yeah, I having young kids, um, you sometimes have to make choices, and because I was doing the salon thing and also the TV thing. Um, you know, I believe that you can do everything. Sometimes it's not, you just can't do everything all the time. Timing is really important. Right. So I did, I did what I, you know, I, I focused more at that point, um, on the hair shows because it was something that I could kind of look out ahead of time. Right. And I could really plan for. So what are some of your favorite hair shows that, that you've done? Oh my God! Um, well, I always love the London Alternative Hair Show. It's probably one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that one's great. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's all about the show. Nobody is selling anything. You know, it's it's very theatrical, so that really appeals to me. Right. Um, and so it's kind of the finished product. And I think that I would say that that's probably. For me, my favorite of all the hair shows that I've done. But I also lo- love to get up and teach and and be on stage. Right, which I've seen, and uh, you're an amazing teacher, presenter. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on here is because you do inspire a lot of people. But 
you know, a question oh. that, that, that we have is what inspires you? Oh, um, it depends on any given moment. Um, I am inspired by art. I grew up with artists. My sister is an artist. There's uh -huh. a lot of artists in my family. Um, just in in my Latin American culture, I'm, I'm Mexican, Cuban, um, color. Um, I'm inspired by movies. And I'm really, I, I have an affinity for past decades and fashion, hair, beauty, fashion right. of the past decades. So like when um, you're watching a movie or something, what is it hair that you see that's inspiring or is, it, or is there something else in the movie that, um, that inspires you? Um, hair is definitely a part of it, but uh -huh. I'm very visual as all hairstylists are. And, and um, I think costuming, the scenery, just it, I've, I've sat through movies that other people have said, oh, God, that was not good or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I honestly was I love the movie because of just the visual impact it had on me. Right. I think that's, I think that's that, what separates a lot of people is you're able to see the creativity beyond just the, the story, which probably a lot of people just see. Yeah. Right. There's a story in that, you know, in, in exactly. just that. Sure. So and then as hairdressers, we know how much work it takes to get there. And oh just the sheer imagination and creativity that somebody came up with all these styles. I mean. It's one of the things that I love most about our industry. Yeah, it's pretty great, isn't it? Yeah. So so how do you stay fresh in this industry? Um, I feel that the I've worked with a hairdresser many years ago that um, thought he knew it all. And he was a good hairdresser, but um, it's if you think you know it all, or when you think you know it all, I think it's time to hang up your shears. You know, it's always about learning and growing. I like to once or twice a year, if I can twice a year, I love to enroll in some class. And it can be anything. It doesn't even have to be hair related, but it has to be something creative. Right. And just go go away and absorb and be a student and try to be, you know, I don't like to talk about anything that I do in class or anything. I just want to be there and absorb. I think it's really important to do stuff like that. I also love being around people starting out in the industry uh, when we get new apprentices right. because they haven't, they haven't built these walls and boxes around them. They don't know what can and can't be done. And to me, they're, they're really inspiring uh, and they might not be able to, you know, sometimes they do, but they might not be able to show me a technique per se, but they may take my mind, open my mind to something mm -hmm. that I hadn't thought of before or just re-inspire me, something that I haven't thought of in a long time. And just seeing it through these young, fresh eyes is, I that, feel like, keeps people relevant. That's pretty great. You know, we were, um, I was having a conversation with a couple other hairdressers. We had a conversation about when you get that one instructor, that one person that believes in you, how it can, how it can in the moment literally change the rest of your career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I absolutely. Think, I think as older hairdressers too, we almost have that responsibility not to, um, not to shut someone down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about being an older hairdresser, but <laughs> I, I was talking about Tony and I, <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> not young Jackie um, Davis. 
Yeah, absolutely. I also, um, I really think that we need to pay attention to, every, you know, everybody that's in the industry. Some people that you think are um, sometimes very stagnant mm -hmm. um, and doing the same thing over and over. Sometimes what they're doing is because they've been honing that one skill, you right. know, over right. all these years. Um, and, you know, when you're out doing uh, fashion, TV and, you know, shoots, that kind of stuff, you never know what's going to come up. You never know, you know, either whether it's a collaboration, a creative collaboration or a client wants something. Right. You, you just never know what they're going to want. And sometimes, you know, when you talk to the younger stylists and they're like, oh, that's old school or that's whatever. And if you don't know those things, if you don't learn your craft, you never know when somebody's going to want that specific thing or that's going to come around. It's almost like you being know? behind the chair. Like, you know, it's when you have an, a, a book, you know, from one client to the next, you, you know, you might run into something during a particular client. You got to learn how to respond to that so you can actually, you know, try to stay someone on time for the rest of your day or the rest of your clients. So you got to be prepared for unexpected, you know, mishaps or just things that pop up into a everyday basis behind the chair as well. That just got real. Right. <laughs> That's really Right. Real. One of the very first salons that I ever worked at was a French salon in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. and the owners were French and they barely, they literally bought the salon. They didn't speak English. Um, she, um, he, it was a couple. He spoke a little bit of English. English, mm -hmm. but he was the esthetician and she was the hairstylist. And so there was a lot of miming going on in the salon at the time, but, um, yeah, they did balayage back right. then. Did you, you know, learn balayage from them? Um, I did not the way that we do it now, no. you know, it's evolved, mm -hmm. but yes, we did. We did, um, you know, uh, learn that technique. And I remember, you know, Cause I was such, you know, I was a young hairdresser and I thought that it was really cool that they did it, but she didn't work with foils. And, you know, back then it was foils was everything. And I right. was like, wow, she, you know, she's, I, I, she's this hotshot hairstylist from <laughs> France and she can't do foils, you know? Oh, she couldn't and, do um, foils. So it's not that well, she, she didn't did use it. them. She, she did just it. didn't use them. She didn't. She didn't do them. She didn't do them. But right. you know, when you're younger, you're like, wow. Well, you know, you think that the cool thing is whatever is happening right now. And, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she could also do an entire updo and only use one to three bobby pins. So there was that too. <laughs> wow. She was amazing. Yeah. So you talked, you've talked about a couple of people from your past. Do you have one person or a couple of people who have been um, big influences on you? I mean, I honestly can't narrow it down to one or two people. There are so many people that have influenced me. And, and it depends also on, on what sort of facet of hairdressing we're talking about. If we're talking about color or the art of hairdressing, if we're talking about cutting, mentoring, you know, it's just so many people. Of course, there's like, you know, Odile Gilbert. I, I just love her. Uh -huh. um, Hester Werner. I mean, her stuff is just out of this world. Her wig making and just her mind. Um, I love Howard, Howard McLaren and Michael Gordon. They were such visionaries. Um, and then, you know, I, there's there's just so many people I can possibly 
name everybody. Antoine, mm-hmm. if you're taking it way back, you know, when you think about these hairdressers that didn't have the tools that we have now. Right. And they created magic. And these, I, I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, I've, I've tried to uh, learn, and I'm still, you know, learning about different ways that hair was manipulated, you know, back when people didn't have a lot of the things that we have now. Um, Such as internet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? there's exactly. Actually, there's actually a guy that I follow on um, on Instagram. I'm going to mess his whole name up, but I think it's Mustafa. He's this Mustafa. Turkish. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I, he's he's amazing. got the He's got the best hands I've ever seen. The way that he manipulates oh. hair and the way that he just kind of like spread. Oh, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just art, man. He makes it seamless. And and see, that's the thing. It's like with the internet also, there's so many people that are constantly inspiring. I think that's a difficult, it's a difficult question to answer because there's too many people. That's completely um, fair. And that's, yeah. So, and I, I mean, one person that I would uh, want to say uh, has inspired me um, maybe to become a better hairdresser was as Reg Laws. Um, Absolutely. Just pushing and his mentoring, um, you know. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of our yeah. uh, guys on our hit list to get him on here. Yeah. yeah we'd love to talk to and him. And also Lynn Wynn, you know. I mean, there's so many people. I can mm-hmm. I can just go on and on, but we could um, do a whole podcast about inspiration. Yeah. Inspiration yeah. too. Lynn, yeah. Lynn is a outstanding uh, just hairdresser all around. Yeah, yeah. What is, what's his What's his Instagram? Is it Lynn Hair? Um, Lynn Hair. Yeah. L i h n right? L i h n hair. L i n h h a i r. That's it. Sorry, yeah. man, if you're listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got Mustafa right, though. Yeah. Yeah, that guy does amazing stuff. Yeah. So, awesome. And he's using a lot of the old school techniques. You know, it's funny because the, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, younger hairstylists or aspiring hairstylists watch him now. And um, a lot of the things that he's known for are, you know, his beautiful waves and um, all that, that's all old school hairdressing that a few years ago, you know, some of the younger people would have been like, when is that ever going to be relevant? And here you have it. And here you have it. I mean, I, thought, I, I yeah. remember being in hair school going like, when am I ever going to do finger waves for the record? I never have, but you know, it's ah, nice to see that they're coming back. I love finger waves. <laughs> I love, I, I love doing them in hair school. I thought they were so fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Now we can get a lot of those looks with like flat irons and different hot um, utensils as well. Yeah, yeah. So we can find a lot of inspiration. Uh, you know, you're talking about you know styling finger waves or Mustafa. You know how he just moves hair and just make hair does that. You know, and, and and Jackie, you talked about you know a lot of people are inspiring on on you know social media or the internet. Uh, there's so many places, right? That you know you can totally pull information from. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, de- um, I definitely feel like there's more. I, I, I hate to keep using the word inspiration, but there, there's certainly a lot more to watch now. It's it's not just we're just we're not getting our information only from the product companies and, and, and what in having them control the narrative. Now, the narrative is so wide open with um with so many different angles. It's so nice to see that hair is 
literally being done again, right? Like hair is pretty again, where for yeah. for so long oh, it was the, just the about. Art... Go ahead. That's right. I mean, I remember, you know, um, just mentoring uh, newer stylists and some stylists saying, you know, I do not really that interested in learning how to do updos or, you know, braids and stuff like that. That's not my thing. And I want to concentrate on cuts and stuff for a long time. That there was me. Are you talking about me yeah. here? Yeah, for I, real. Didn't, I mean, we. I didn't want to call you out. <laughs> I mean, we're, compl- we're completely guilty, man, right? I mean, here, I mean, but, looking into the future for the not to walk over you, Jackie, but you got me fired up now. No. Right? So, yeah. I mean, like if you look into like the next five <laughs> or ten years and where our industry is going, it's you better be able to do two things as far as I, I, I see. And that's you better be able to finish hair. Not better. I'm not all that aggressive. But, you know, where the future is, is you better you need to finish hair and you need to be able to take good photographs, you know, because. Yeah, that's true. You know, that because our, true. Instagram is literally a hairdresser's digital business card. Yeah, it's well, I'm, portfolio. I mean, totally. Yeah, we're we're in a in a time now where each hairstylist is their own brand. Oh, and very well you know, said. It's, absolutely. Yeah, so I I think you're absolutely right. Um, the photos is the second part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and also it just goes to show that you should never close your mind. I mean, we all have our preferences of things that we like to do and where we want to spend our time. But I think it's really important that in in our industry and in our craft that we have a general knowledge of everything so that it, when it does come up, you know, yeah, you absolutely. can pick it up and you kind of know a little bit about it. So, um, so, so someone who's trying to break into the industry... Uh, what kind of advice do you give them? Because there's so much, you know, with not only the Instagram, social media, uh, someone like yourself, you know, who's a salon owner, who has a television life, a family life. There's so much that's involved in your life. How, how do you tell someone that wants to do this, you know, as far as balance and how to get there? Well, um, so are you talking about salon or the more of the just life balance? TV? Yeah, just... Oh, life balance. Okay. Um, I think that for me, I'm, I'm a little bit crazy. I've always been hyper and I've always, my idea of relaxing is to change my activity. And I think that it's really important that you can do all these things. You have to be in the moment with whatever it is that you're doing at the time. Um, my, my life is a little crazy and I can give you an example when I am filming, you know, in the summer, normally we film for the project runway franchise. Um, I, my typical week would be, I work in a salon, Mm -hmm. you know, I work at my salon, I go home, I take a shower, I might you know, sleep for an hour or two. I'm terrified of oversleeping. So usually that doesn't work. And then I, you know, I go down to the train station and I'm on the 3.15 a.m. because call time so early. I get to the studio. We film. Well, hold on, Jack, um, hold on, Jack before you move forward. Um, just so right. just just for the people that are listening. So your salon is in D.C., but you guys film in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, well, we film it. Yes, we feel right now it's in um, it, and it's changed um, over the years. But most recently, we're in Long Island City, oh. um, where we've been fi- where where we've been filming. So that's a um, longer train ride, yeah. 
No, it's. I mean, we we go into Manhattan, and it's mm-hmm. in it's in New York. It's just not. I mean, go into Penn Station. Sorry. Oh right. And right. Um, I lost my train. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I took you off your train. Okay. So you were saying like once you got to New York, um, because um, call time was so early. Yeah. So I I I you know work all day at the studio, and then I jump back on the train, and because of the way the show is where they are given challenges, there's a 24-hour period in between where I'm not needed because I'm really used um, for, you know, doing the models, the the girls going down the runway, Mm -hmm. and some of the, you know, the guests coming in, uh, the guest judges. So you do the guest judges' hair as well? Some, sometimes. Some of them? Just depends. Yeah, some of them. Just depends, you know, what's needed. And, um, and then I catch a train and come back home and I work the next day in the salon normally. Oh my God. So it's pretty, that's pretty, I know. So this happens from, you know, mostly like this from June through (laughs) August. So you say a life balance is not to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sleep on the train. And I know, I know it's insane. And I, I mean, I know it's insane and people look at me like I have three heads. It's just crazy. But it's, you know, I love it. I, I, it, it is my passion. It's so mm. much fun. And, and I think that also, you know, I understand that it's a, I'm in a unique place and I, and I really want to take advantage of it. That's so great. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think, uh, let's back up a little bit. Like, how did you... Okay. How did you get to Project Runway? Well, like, what, what did that look like? I mean, you're working into the salon yeah. and then boom, you're on television. Yeah. Well, I had done TV prior to that. I'd done more on, uh, you know, some local stuff and, and a lot of makeover stuff. I worked on, I was the makeover artist for a Latin show on Univision, DC Latino. And I also done the ambush makeovers, NBC. Um, military makeover, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, but to your question about Project Runway, I was on, literally on vacation. I do have those every once in a while, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, I was on vacation S- and vacation. Yeah, ex- no, I don't sleep. I don't. I just. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but my amazing friend Lin Wen, that we're all we all know very well. Aww. called me up and he had just gotten the gig as a key hairstylist for a spinoff of um, Project Runway, Project Runway All-Stars. Uh-huh. And he was putting together a team. So he called me up and he's like, hey, I'm putting together a team. I need a, a strong team. I want to know if, you know, you would be interested in doing this with me. And wow. I said, of course. <laughs> and so that's how it really started. And once I, I joined the team there, I met other people who, and you know, then I started working with Project Runway and then later on Juniors. And there's been all kinds of spinoffs. We had one season of accessories. And, and so that's how that, that whole situation. So, so how many evolved. people, take us backstage a little bit. How many people are on a hair, a hairdressing team? For for this particular show? For Project Runway, yeah. So, like, okay. you know, how many hairdressers are back there? How do they work together? So, 
So what happens is, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but it's it's one of the it's like an elimination challenge show. Uh-huh. So you start off the season, and there's I don't know I'm going to say like 16 designers, and it's about designers, not about um, hair. Right. Um, and then you know each challenge somebody is eliminated. And so in the beginning of the season, we have our core team, which is usually about four of us. And, um, and then so that, we includes, have a lot of, that includes you and Lynn and two others. Yeah. 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 Some, some seasons we've had five, but normally it's, it's four. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we have, um, in the beginning of the seasons, we have extra hands, people that come assist. And as the challenges go and we have less people, less models to work on, then our team, you know, narrows out to our core team. Because we working on TV, it's not like being in a salon. If you run a little over time, you make a client late for their next whatever. It's not such a big deal. But in mm-hmm. TV, you're paying an entire cast and crew to wow. be there. So you have to stay on time. And what, what, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so you have to stay on time. So you have to have, you know, in the beginning, we have more hands um, working on the models. Um, and that's another thing, you know, I, I have people ask me, you know, about being on TV and in this kind of circumstance stance. And, um, it's really important to get your chops, but you also have to be very, very quick and very open. You know, when I hear, um, people complaining about like that, you know, their appointment got messed up and they have 15 minutes left and they're not going to be able to do it. They spend all this time complaining. Right. Guess what? That was your time <laughs> that you had to do, to make it happen in TV. And uh, we usually get about 20 minutes, sometimes 30 to turn a, a model around. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes if we have a, a special challenge, they may, may give us a little bit more time per model, but usually that is it. It's 20 to 30 Sometimes they tell you that they're giving you more time and then they take it away. Right. That's and, just the way TV uh, works, right? That's the way TV works. And we're talking about, you know, putting extensions in, straightening hair, curling hair. It could be anything because depending on what the designer is wanting, we have to make that happen for that particular designer. Do you mind if we ask you a couple of questions from our Instagram followers? No, not at all. First question from uh, Chris, uh, Christina uh, Skates. We'd love to hear more about the process. As a viewer, we see a quick collaboration and magic just seems to happen. Is that now, or is that how it really works? Well, it is quick, probably not as quick as TV, but like (laughs) I said, it is a 20 to 30 minutes and that's what we have in the back room. And remember we're sharing with makeup. So that's why the time frame is so small. So it's Um, 20 to 30 minutes with makeup. Well, each, each side has, 20 to 30 minutes, but that's okay. to put an entire look together so for a model. So it's 40 to now, 50 minutes between the, um, the, you know, the hairdressers and the, and the makeup artist. Right. Okay. That's yeah. The... About. Yeah. And then what happens is that, um, we go backstage to film and when we are backstage, a lot of times there's things that need to be tweaked. And that is when the Apple box, becomes my best friend because <laughs> I have to have a, these girls are so tall they're half the time they're sewn into their costumes they're wearing heels and I'm five foot two you know right. so I I grab that apple box and we have to make it happen before it hits the runway 
I mean, if something is left undone, if something is, you know, not exactly the way that we want it to be, it has to happen in the, you know, in the dim light of the, of the backstage. Right. And no questions asked. You can't worry about what's happening or what's not happening. You just have to go into go mode and do it. And I love that. I mean, I right. just love that kind of energy. I know some people get very stressed out about it, mm-hmm. but to me, it's super exciting. It's where Jackie shines. Yeah, I mean, right. it's like when you make it happen, you're like, man, I'm such a badass. Ah. And then, of course, the, the next thing happens and you're like, okay, maybe I'm not. not. so good anymore. <laughs> Yeah, because right. if something doesn't work out, guess what? <laughs> you you right. go from yeah you go from high to low really quick, but it's it's what makes it so exciting to me. That's great. Uh, another question is from Katie and Kelly. When working on the show, is it more their vision, the show's vision you're creating, or do you, or do they give you an inspiration and you create create off of that? So it's, it would be the designers that really are because we are there to support their vision and mm-hmm. they are the ones whose heads are on the chopping block. Right. Um, and so that's something that's like that is something that's on our backs. I feel as, you know, being on the team to make somebody's vision come to fruition is that's that's a huge thing to be left with. Sometimes they kind of have an idea some designers have a very strong point of view and they know exactly what, what, you know, what they want to Uh the T. Some of them kind of are like, well, I'm thinking something like, you know, sort of like this. And they start throwing out, um, you know, buzzwords. And Lynn actually is the one that usually talks to them as the, as the lead hairdresser. And he kind of guides them into, at that point when they're like that into different ideas and keeping it relevant and fresh. Cause you also don't want to do something that's dated. And you know, a lot of times that's not their gig, so they don't know. Right. Uh, and sometimes when we actually start working with something and mm-hmm. the, the clothing comes on their their design comes on, we realize that it may not work as well as what their original vision was, was as well. So it's our kind of job to kind of, let them know or make the call, but it's there. It, it is the designer's vision. I mean, we are, we are there to support the designer. Right. That is awesome. Yeah. So all through that, what was the most challenging thing you've, uh, you faced or did you had to do in the fashion or TV world? Well, so I, um, was the cutting and styling artist for a show called love luster run with Stacey London Oh yeah, I totally um, remember that show. Yeah, it was it was fun. And so she did another show called What Not to Wear that a lot that went on for many more seasons and right, many right, more right. people are familiar with. And it was a makeover show. And this show it was a little different because it was a make under show. So instead of having, you know, um, like other shows that I've done as well in the makeover world where you have these fresh little canvases coming in and you can, you know, you're cutting hair off, you're putting color on and all this. You had people who were coming in and these women had very strong color. They, they were personalities Mm -hmm. and we had to tone them down or make them look good or whatever, adding hair. So that, that is probably the most challenging because we had about, there was a makeup artist 
there was myself who was cutting, um, cutting and styling. I did all, all of the extension work. And then we had a colorist also. And, uh, and Glenna Steele was, um, for one of the seasons was, was, um, on that. She's amazing. We had about 45 minutes each in each of our departments. So we had to, and I was the last person to touch the makeover because I was also styling them. So within that time, we got really good at working, you know, makeup was, was on the face as, you know, hair was going on and doing all that. The Probably the craziest challenge that I ever had that we had on that show was we had a woman that had dreads. And Stacy was the one that gave everybody their looks. She told us what she wanted. Right. And the thing is, when you're working with producers and, you know, people that are outside of our industry, they have a vision, but they don't realize how much time sometimes these things <laughs> take. Right. So we had this this woman with a full head of dreads and Stacy wanted us to take the dreads out. And to lighten her hair and add extension. Well, well, wait a sec. She wanted you to comb the the, the dreadlocks out. Yeah. Well, we'd have to. I mean, we're going to cut first and comb, and then to um, and to you know cut the hair and then add extensions, color the hair. So it was like all these things oh that we gosh. had the short time. So before we got, we would get you know this a couple days before and so we asked for extra time but even with the extra time wasn't that much time we asked for a extra two extra set of hands and we and and hey the way that i got that job was that the person that worked before uh was not keeping on time and on tv you know you you can't do that right so i was asked to come in and do you know this job so it was my Everything was at a, at stake, including this job for me. Oh my gosh! Um, and it it was absolutely nuts because I, we just never stopped. I thought my knees were going to buckle at one point, or we were trying to get the the dreadlocks out. How um, long were the dreadlocks? They were probably to like her waist. Oh wow! Something like that. Yeah. To her waist. So, well, 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 Where did you cut them up to? Is we we cut them um, probably above the shoulder, and then we started unraveling from there. Right. Because we were going to add extensions anyways. Uh huh. But, but we needed we needed hair, so it was crazy. How, how long the, the, how long did it take women, you to comb the dreadlocks out? Sorry, Jack. I'm just like it was, poor you know, lady. I know first it's off, crazy, right? Because I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it was two she had hours. A couple of hairs left of after you finished. <laughs> no. <laughs> And we didn't want that to be the case either. So we had one person on each quadrant of her head. Oh there were God. four of us on her head. And I mean, combing out with fine tooth comb. I, it was it was crazy. So that to me <laughs> was probably the craziest thing that I've been asked to do. Oh. And of course, the producer the whole time is like, okay, how much more time? How much more time? You're like, oh my God, really? <laughs> but you got it. You just got to keep going because. You can't stop. It, there is, there's no option for anything else. So how did and, uh, how long did it take you to get them out? Uh, two hours. We got it. We got a little extra time that day. We we asked for it, but it still wasn't that. You know, we still 
where I think they gave us two more hours just to get the dreadlocks so, locked so out. So two hours we, was to get the dreads out, get the mm -hmm. extensions in, cut it, color it, and to get the makeup on. That was no, 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 no. It okay. we got two hours to get the dreadlocks off, and then our our the same time frame for what we so they got another did. forty minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. but we shared that. We shared that with the makeup, and you know, basically everybody was jumping in at the same time. It was, it was really insane. And we, That's I mean, crazy. but we got it up, and we got it in front. And it's so funny because, um, you know, <laughs> this was the first season that I did this. Um, at one point, we I started styling the hair after everything's in. We're like, okay, we just have to style now. And we need to, you know, I need to put an iron through it and we got to get her up front. You know, she still has to get dressed. And right. as I, as I was styling her hair in the back, she had, this girl had so much hair. There was a, 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 the bottom sort of in the bottom, um, of the nape, there was an area where the toner had not been, oh, because we got the extensions on and then we realized that the the colors had to go back in to match the her natural hair with the extension hair, and so she had to, she had to tone her. It was crazy. Oh no! I mean everything that you, but because of the time frame, and when I started drying the the you know woman's hair, there was like this little area where there was a little bit of toner still in because it was in the it had been braided in. Right. And um and. Uh, so we had to kind of spot what it was just everything crazy you can think of. But we did get help and um, we got two extra pair of hands of, of you know, uh, two other my hairdressers. Good friend. Yeah, two other hairdressers for the dreadlocks and for the extensions to make it all happen. Stacy's sister on. Through the tube, everything looks like magic. Like before, oh, after, no. they don't, nobody knows they exactly no what clue. you're going through. I totally see and the hairdressers laying on the floor with a bottle of uh, yeah. some kind of alcohol, <laughs> yeah. just making it through it while the show continues. It was crazy when we were we were watching the reveal as it's being shot. We watch it from another room, and we're in the back, and I literally was sobbing, and everybody thought that I was because I like tears of happiness, but I was just thinking of that one <laughs> one spot in the back. <laughs> Luckily, she had buckets of hair. And so, and it was on the bottom, kind of in the back and stuff. But, like, you just never know what's happening with that. That's crazy. Um, but it, it was awesome. But it was definitely crazy. That's pretty cool. Was that your first TV job? No, no. My first TV jobs were on uh, more local. Um, DC Latino, you know, on oh, Univision right, 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 right. and then the, the others. Well, I mean, it's, you're an amazing... You know, it, just not only hairdresser, but just a, a person because, uh, you know, you not only are you doing all these things, but you make sure that, you know, you give back to the community as well, which is, uh, you know, fascinating. And, and that's part of this podcast is what it's all about is to, we, you know, not only for us to interview people that we can give to our listeners, but we also love people who do give back. Because we we receive just as much as our listeners does. Absolutely. No, that's nice. Yeah, I, I think it's super important to give back. And mm -hmm. I know, you know, everybody says that and everything. But, you know, our time here on Earth is so short, we never really know. And look, if I, if tomorrow or today I, you know, kick the bucket, 
Um, I can honestly say that I have been so blessed to have worked with so many amazing individuals and I've had so many cool and different opportunities that are very unique and I can't, I can't really, I can't really complain. You know, I was asked uh, one time I was with a couple of hairdressing friends of mine, all colorists and, and one of the girls uh, said, Hey, so, you know, I'm thinking I want to retire really young and, you know, started asking us what we wanted to do in terms of retirement. When they asked me, there was three of us. I was like, mm-hmm. retire? What are you talking about? Wait a retire. I, I mean, it just like, I had never even considered that, you know, I, I think that your career can change and evolve. Like this whole thing that you guys are doing with the podcast is just sort of taking it into a different channel, but you're still in the same industry, you know? Absolutely. Um, and and that's one of the things that I love the most I'm, about the hair industry. There's just so many ways you can go, depending on what kind of stylist you are and what your passion is. So many great people in yeah. this industry. That's true. Absolutely. 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 It's, it's where you want to take it. And, um, you know, I think that that's one great thing that social media has does done for our industry is that mm-hmm. uh, I think that, you know, a lot, it's made it a very kind of household sort of thing. Whereas before, not not to everybody, but some people saw hairdressing as like, oh, they couldn't hack it in, you know, college or they couldn't do this. So they signed up for hair school. Yeah. And it, it isn't that. The people that stay in the industry, the people that are irrelevant, it's, it's because of the passion that they have. It's just that I mean, I feel like I have a monster. I've always felt like this when I, ever since I was a little girl. I feel like I have a monster that I have to feed, and that is the creative monster. Um, right. And if you don't feed it, then something, I don't know what is going to happen, but it, it can't be good because it's a monster, right? And um, the world, I can't imagine the world without art and beauty and all these wonderful things that we have, music, it's, Absolutely. you know. It's uh, I think makes- it was I think it was Winston Churchill. Gosh, I hope I don't get this quote wrong. This is going to be embarrassing if I do. But I think it, it was Winston Churchill that said, "Without the arts, what are we fighting for?" Right. So, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. I, I don't I don't know if that was Winston Churchill. So I'm on the record saying that I'm not quoting him. <laughs> but I like the quote. <laughs> I like the quote. I like the quote no matter who said it. Yeah, no matter who said it. That's right. For years, I I um. I quoted what I thought was Mark Twain, and it ended up being Muhammad Ali, and I can't think of two different wow. people. Wow. It's a good what quote, was, though. What was the quote? <laughs> the, the quote was, get this. This sting like a butterfly. <laughs> 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 yeah, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tagging Mark Twain and shit. No. <laughs> Mark liked it. The quote was, oh which sounds God. way more Mark Twain-ish, was, if you think of the world at 50 as you did at 20, then you wasted 30 years of your life. Wow. Yeah, That's that was crazy. Ali. That was Ali, not Mark Twain. That is crazy. It sounds like Mark Twain, though, right? I'm the only one well, on this boat. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Oh, 
I love memes on social media. I love reading like the different quotes and yeah, and um, who they come from. They're I'll, very whoever it comes from, I'll mess it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just remembering, you know, the essence of you know of the quote, I think is important. Yeah, forget who says it. What is it? Yeah. Say? We have so, one last question for you. Sure. So, growing up, what was your favorite? Who was your favorite superhero? Oh, um, growing up, so, well, I, I thought it was my mom. I thought my mom was a superhero. Uh, let's see. I think that I, I loved Catwoman. I loved Catwoman because I had a, a crush on on uh, what was his name? Bat Boy. Bat Boy. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> Robin! <laughs> <laughs> Bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> what, is what is that? What is that? Wait, wait, Jackie, slow down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it, are you talking about Batgirl or are you talking about Catwoman? Because Catwoman was a villain. <laughs> okay, I think I was talking about Batgirl, right. but I do love Catwoman too. <laughs> okay, so so what was your favorite version of uh, Catwoman? Oh, Eartha Kitt. Eartha, ooh, yeah. nice. Eartha Kitt. Oh, you mean back in the day, or are you talking about now? No, no, just uh, in general. There's been so many, right? There was. Uh... I think Eartha Kitt. She purred when she talked. Like, oh. anyways, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was a badass. She was a badass. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best answer that uh that we've gotten so far. Well, you know. Right. Hey, so Jack, once again, thank you very much for doing the show. And um hopefully we'll be talking soon with you. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you um, again. Well, we love you so much. Yeah, Jack. Well, I love you guys so much and I think you guys are doing an amazing thing and um continued success and I can't wait to hear awesome. everything you guys are bringing to us. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, I think Tony and I will give you an applaud, and thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take standing ovation, though. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're standing. We're standing. We are standing. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Talk to you later. All right. All right, Jack. Okay. Thanks again. Talk, no problem. Bye. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Night after so there it is. We also want to give a special thanks to Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Sarah and Blaine allowed us to use their music that runs under the uh, podcast. It's called Pleased to Meet You, which I thought was only appropriate for our podcast. You can find Pretty Gritty's music on iTunes. 